Hi everyone, welcome back to the Outliers podcast. I'm your host Pankaj Mishra and we are back with a new season of Outliers called the season of resilience. These are uncertain times and everyone is trying to cope with uncertainties, anxiety and so many unanswered questions. We thought we could be useful to all of you by doing a fresh series of conversations with Outliers and some new guests please stay safe and i really hope all of us get out of this stronger and more resilient thank you i am having a conversation with amit somani today uh, now amit uh, has been a veteran in the technology industry he has worked with google uh IBM make my trip and is someone who has uh, worked with the disruptors as well as uh, a legacy company like IBM uh, he's now a partner with prime venture partners works with early stage companies and is considered a voice of uh, wisdom and sanity uh, amit welcome to the podcast thanks pankaj glad to be on great So Amit uh before we get into uh our uh, talk today uh give us a sense of where you come from I remember we spoke very good Hindi with each other a while ago Sure Pankaj uh so I grew up here in India and uh and actually went to my undergrad in Banaras so so the Hindi comes a little bit from uh, the upbringing here in India then I went abroad to the US for about 14 years sort of like a one was came back in 2007 and now i've been back here for a while so uh, yeah born and brought up here uh, like hindi and uh, hence the conversation this morning great awesome <laughs> now amit these are not the best of the times very clearly and uh, a lot of us are caught in making sense of uh, the present and the future uh, none of us imagined we would be in a situation like this there's a lot of anxiety uh what do you see around you yeah pankaj so you know this has been uh, while it is once in a decade kind of an event right this is not the first time many of us are going through this right neither you nor me i remember vividly in the us being there in the dot com boom in the late 90s and it felt like you know literally it was raining uh, you know gold from the rooftops and mercedeses and bmws are signing bonuses to the y2k 2001 you know 911 crash then back 10 years ago the 2008 2009 crisis i think a lot of the younger folks who probably been around the industry for maybe less than 10 12 years they haven't seen this right uh, and so i think this is the nature of the beast right we will get into a uh, few downturns uh, this of course as you correctly point out definitely is a black swan or a once in a blue moon or once in a decade kind of event um so yes we uh, we need to be appreciative of that and and acknowledge it but i think we will get through this uh, so yes i think we are in a in a tough situation i think we need to um come to terms with it and i think if i look at the startups that we work with or the environment i would roughly say about 20 to 30% of them will be in quote unquote some sort of trouble some will mm-hmm. be just sort of business as usual they just have to weather this downturn and some actually will do much better uh coming out of this situation as and when we come out of it 
So I think it is a, a little worse, uh, net net, for people that haven't been through this. And I think you could also be caught on the wrong side of it. I'm not dismissing that, right? So if you don't have money or you intended to raise money or your business model is not so robust, there are some challenges there. That sets the uh, context very well, uh, Amit. Now, let's talk about, uh, you know, there, there are two kinds of startups and founders out there as of now. Uh, there are ones, like you rightly said, who have been building companies. Uh, hopefully, they have some cash to wither the storm. Now, what people are asking is what will it take to build a company now in this scenario what if you were born as a startup right in the middle of this uh, how do you uh, you know <laughs> visualize the future when the present is so chaotic that you can't see anything ahead so if we sharply focus on this i think that would be really valuable amit yeah pankaj so i think let me paraphrase what you said. And actually, I think that is the best scenario. If you're starting up now or had just started up, right, with this, the typical two guys and a gal and the dog in the garage, this is the best time. And I'll tell you why. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason it's the best time is I think a lot of the you know folks who are doing sort of entrepreneurial tourism, people who are just sort of doing it because it's vanity thing to do entrepreneurship, Uh, even though it's really hard or because access to capital was much cheaper or there were many clones of the same idea which themselves may not have had merit all of those people are going to you know go to uh, the sides here right they're going to get out of the eye of the storm so it's a great time and i think there's enough statistics and more about some of the best companies having been built uh, in the downturn or started in the downturn actually even more precisely right like companies like airbnb which is again in the eye of the storm, or even some of our Indian companies, right? Like Make My Trip went through a major meltdown kind of mode in 2008, 2009, and so forth. Um, I think the bigger challenge, Pankaj, is if you were already an incumbent and you already had a large um, you know, cost structure and you already had revenue and more importantly, expectations from revenue, mm-hmm. those are the ones that are more challenged, right? Because you were building your business at a certain rate of pace of growth. You had a certain burn rate. You had a certain expectation. Now, a lot of that is gone away or majorly dented. That is where you need to reimagine. If you're starting up now and you're really passionate and you believe that your idea has merit, in spite of, right, maybe even to some degree because of this whole downturn and new behaviors, this is as good a time to start as, as any, probably better in my opinion. Wow. Can we break this down, Amit? Uh, can you break? Uh, the building blocks uh, to talk about so uh, not just the idea itself but uh, you know uh, the, uh, the the individual founders uh, what do they really need to do yes so the very first thing is that you need to figure out uh, is your problem a must have or a nice to have and this is something that you'll often hear from you know quote unquote vc types but this is never more critical than right now. If you have a nice-to-have problem, which is sort of okay and interesting and you know maybe some customer would be interested, this is probably a good time to pivot away from that or, or not even bother or not start up, right? So that's the first thing. Like figure out, is your problem really critical to solve? And that you will only get by partly imagining the future, partly by talking to lots of customers, partly maybe by talking to some industry experts. Second mm-hmm. thing is just imagine a pre and a post COVID world. Has something dramatically changed? Preferably in the spirit of this podcast on resilience and reimagination for the better. 
So if there's some tailwind that has made something better. So I can imagine if you're doing something in, say, online healthcare or online education or any other business, and we can look at some of those later, and you see like a positive tailwind or a, or a, a genuine new set of problems that customers now have that they didn't have. A very obvious one that everybody's talking about is almost everybody is now going to go back to having a hybrid workforce where some folks mm-hmm. are going to be staying at home and some are going to be working, even as we come out of this downturn, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's a given. So now if you can imagine how you deliver your product or service or offering in that environment, because nobody else had imagined it earlier, right? So you have a great opportunity. You're at the same level playing field as everybody else building a new product or service. So two things, right? So one is just figure out, is it a must-have or a nice-to-have? And the second is, imagine, are there any tailwinds or any waves that you can align yourself to, which give you, you know, the same level playing field as any other incumbent that was there? Because they are also going to be uh, starting from scratch now to address that particular tailwind or that trend. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, Amit, also in particular, do you see ideas uh, whose time has so-called come in in that sense, right? Uh, Do do you see large opportunities to build companies in specific areas? Uh, What would be some of them? Yeah, I I was briefly mentioning earlier, right? So if I think about online education, if I think about uh, healthcare, right, uh, and and delivered in a hybrid online-offline fashion, if you think about retail, again, hybrid online-offline, earlier there was just like an Amazon or you could go to like a retail store, like a big bazaar or shopper's stop, right? And now you can imagine all kinds of hybrid models that become very, very interesting to imagine. Um, That's another one. I was just briefly saying anything around SaaS, which, which which helps you work remotely or at least in a hybrid remote fashion because I think this is going to be the new world order. I think that's another uh, interesting one. I think some businesses continue to not be affected. Um, so, for example, there may be certain businesses around fintech or financial services uh, and so on, which from a long-term perspective continue to be attractive. Uh, maybe they'll go through a little blip now. So I think there are lots of different things, but I think you can't talk in abstract levels uh, or at least at an industry level, Pankaj. I think you have Mm. to look in each industry or in whatever problem statement that, you know, the entrepreneur or that company is solving and see what has changed here, right? And is is there some way to alleviate that change? So there's a new set of problems, a very rich new petri dish of problems has been thrown up. And we don't Mm. actually all know that either yet, right? I mean, some of these will evolve over the next three months, six months, Right now, we're recording this as we're in the middle of the lockdown in India, mm-hmm. in, in the middle of April. But, you know, say it's three months later or four months later, when things are slightly better and the economy is recovering, you'll see new behaviors that come up. So I think mm-hmm. as an entrepreneur, either an incumbent or a brand new one that has started something in the last three, six months, you need to keep your eyes and ears very close to the ground in terms of what are the changes that are happening that are going to be there for good. And you build your new offering around that. Uh, so I would say less about specific industries. I mean, beyond maybe education, healthcare, some of these we've talked about and more around, you know, new trends or new uh, sets of theses around which this is going to be built. Hmm. Hmm. Amit, everything that you are saying, uh, I mean, it does make a lot of sense. But if I imagine an individual founder, you know, we are all human beings. And many times, most of our decisions are a function of our existing bias or a notion, or I don't know, we pick something from, you know, reading a book uh, or listening to someone else. Now, 
when we are challenged in a situation like this and we are right in the middle of this what happens to that uh, entrepreneurial uh, you know that whole thing of feeling uh, you know positive uh, all the time how 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 do i ensure uh, you know how that i'm not biased or i i have biases that matter how do you navigate that i'm not sure if i'm making it clear so i think there's a lot of things that you can do to figure it out i think there's a lot of literature around this the very first thing i would say just in terms of sleeping more peacefully at night is just to kind of reassess your situation right so be very brutal there's this thing called the stockdale paradox uh, it has <laughs> been written around people that were long term prisoners of war and what it states is that you know people who survived very dire consec- you know situations and like they were imprisoned in a 6 by 6 cell or a 6 by 8 cell for 10 years 12 years 15 years the thing that distinguished the ones who survived versus the ones who don't is that they confronted their brutal reality and yet had a belief that they would prevail in the end it's called the stockdale paradox and so so very first thing i would say is just take a, a reassessment take a reset just imagine if you need to cut costs cut costs right if you need to remove marketing variable costs do that right if you need to um, you know uh, imagine a zero revenue plan or a no revenue plan for two months do that so that is the stable stakes right so now mm-hmm. coming to your biases point so around the biases you know there are there are uh, there are a few that that come to mind that are uh, quite likely to uh, to hit you right so one is i would say basically a um, you know a, a resulting bias right so um, what i mean by that is you have already kind of imagined that uh, the world is going to end and you're going to try to do things uh, on that basis you're going to cut down everything or vice versa you imagine that nothing has changed right because hey you know there was a downturn 5 years ago or 4 years ago and nothing changed so therefore you do no action right so so that is one thing that i could imagine another one is a blind spot bias right where mm-hmm. uh, because you don't have alternate points of view you are stuck to kind of your point of view and a very simple example to kind of attack this bias is to have talk to somebody who's independent who's not an investor in the company who's not a board member who's not a friend somebody and just ask them what is their view of what the economy holds or what the economy holds for that particular sector or or that particular idea um so so there are a few different things right that uh, that you can do but a lot of it is really going to be about not being fixated on your belief the only belief you should be fixated on is you're going to prevail in the end that's from the stockdale paradox but the you know the mental model that you come up with now you need to not treat that as beliefs to be guarded but instead as you know beliefs to be you know our hypothesis to be proved and iterated upon with ever new information that's coming out right so every every week or two weeks you're getting new information right uh, in terms of the macro so evaluated on that basis So I think those are a couple of uh, exercises I have I have several more if this is of interest I can I can talk about which people can Yeah do. why don't you because I think biases are very important to look at So one very very simple one and this comes from uh, Charlie Munger right who is uh, Warren Buffett's co-founder at Berkshire Hathaway his you know this is a technique to overcome the bias which is that uh, and he calls this technique you know invert always invert and mm-hmm. and the way I sort of make it real for entrepreneurs is often times you know we'll do a root cause analysis after something has gone bad or a post mortem right uh, as as some people might say instead do a pre mortem imagine it's a year from now 
April 2021 and your Mm -hmm. company is quote unquote dead or has not survived the downturn or whatever, just imagine why that might be. Okay. And there's Mm -hmm. going to be really a few things that will come up. I mean, an obvious one that we've already talked about on this podcast is lack of cash, lack of revenue, Mm -hmm. right? Changing customer behavior, whatever. If you imagine it, there'll be a few things and that'll be very unique to your business saying this is you know, three reasons why I'm fast forwarding a year from now, I have failed. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now just don't do anything brilliant. Just do the most commonsensical thing of working on those things, which are the likely reasons why you might fail a year from now, right? That's a pre-mortem. And, mm-hmm. and so it's a very, very simple exercise. Uh, in fact, sometimes we will even do this as investors before investing in a company, even mm-hmm. outside of this whole, uh, you know, virus scenario where we'll say, hey, what, you know, there's a positive case for a company to win, which is how will the world be 10x better? What is differentiated, etc. But there's also a negative mm-hmm. case, which really, really good and simple way of evaluating risk, which is how will, you know, what are the basic things if they were to go wrong, this company or this idea will not succeed. Uh, so mm-hmm. I would say do a pre-mortem, do the, you know, invert, always invert, go to the end state and, and reverse back. And not to leave us on a negative thought here, on the positive side, you can also imagine how the world will be dramatically a better place as a result of what you are going to do and what are the parameters. This is on the tying with the tailwinds or riding the wave. Uh, so there are both ends of the spectrum, but let me just uh, stop there. Sure, sure. No, this this is this is very refreshing, Amit, because most of the times uh, we are talking about uh, entrepreneurial optimism, right? And 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 But when you bring this kind of a model, how do you ensure that you stay hopeful and positive, uh, you know, or I'm overthinking it. Yeah, Pankaj. So I think entrepreneurs by definition are supremely optimistic and supremely confident, right? Even in downtime. Otherwise, I mean, entrepreneurship is such a hard journey. My partner Sanjay says it well, right? Out of 365 days in a year, you know, 360 days have no glory, right? All gut uh, and all (laughs) blood, quote unquote, uh, don't mean to make this negative. So they are already into that journey, right? They have a passion for a problem that is going to be defining. So th- and if if they weren't optimistic, if they weren't believing, if they weren't gutsy, they wouldn't do it, right? So I think most entrepreneurs, and like I said earlier, for you know your question about people starting up now who are doing this as entrepreneurial tourism, I mean, they are pretty much dead in the water and, and they should go back to whatever else they were doing if they didn't have that belief. So I think that, uh, you know, people are fundamentally optimistic. But that said, to your point, I think you need to definitely imagine that you are going to be successful in the future, but you need to do whatever you need to do, right? Um, and since we talked a little bit about um, Hindi, you know, there's this famous shloka in, in the Gita, which says, mm-hmm. which is that you have to do your action, right? You have to, you can't just sit on your, you know, uh, chair and say, oh, everything is going to be fine or no, everything is going to be terrible. Like, what are the actions you need to do now? You got to go do that. Uh, that's the only way to stay alive. But at the same time, um, you know, you wouldn't be an entrepreneur if you weren't fundamentally optimistic. And I, I am I'm pretty optimistic, right? And I, I don't mean for everything and all, all boats will rise with everything. Of course, there will be some that will not do so well and some that might sink as well. But the action that you can do is to, to evaluate that today. And if you feel like there's truly no upside that you have, in terms of what the future that you had imagined when you started up or for your incumbent, then maybe it's time to either pivot or even shut down, right? So it is not, I'm not saying it's all hunky-dory. 
hmm. but you need to uh, you need to kind of do that honest self assessment with high intellectual integrity no yeah well said amit uh, before i move to the final point amit uh, one more thing i wanted to understand from you is that when you are building a company or a product and you were talking about this iterative thinking or you know uh, we have to keep changing based on new data now in an environment like this uh, it is it is very uh, volatile and uh, maybe you are getting a, a new input every other day or every few hours or things like that very chaotic as an as as a product builder or a founder how do you write through that because how do you ensure that you focusing on signals and not the noise because it can become very chaotic yes pankaj so i i i think that you're absolutely right there's new data uh, right now it's even more exacerbated right because there's macro things that are outside of your control and therefore you don't have a lot of point of uh, view on it or how it will change and so forth however there are a couple of simple things you can do so i mm-hmm. would say have three working plans a two month plan or maybe a three month plan like a quarterly plan mm-hmm. have a six month plan and have a 12 month plan by and large i think the two month plan will need to keep evolving as you go along i think mm-hmm. the 12 month plan should be pretty steady and and that is basis there's enough data now out there to have a reasonable scenario analysis of what what the world will look like 12 months from now what is that mm-hmm. hey the world has opened up yeah there was some you know uh, negative economic climate maybe some uh, recession etc things have become better people have started going to work people have started you know eating food out people have started traveling whatever right it's not hard to imagine with high probability right that's another thing that by the way that's very interesting is we tend to think in zero or one black or white true or false whereas the world itself is actually very probabilistic so but i think the 12 month plan back to your question is largely not going to change on a day to day or week to week basis your 12 month plan should be revised on a monthly basis right maybe a bi monthly basis but the 2 month plan is where you might see a little bit of gyration and that also i don't think is r to r day to day maybe it's you know bi weekly that you revise it because let's say if lockdown was not extended uh, which was done so yesterday you know then you might you know say hey okay you know if people are allowed to go back to work then this is how we are going to operate as a company or this is how we should do sales or this is how we should do you know product or whatever it is so i would say that 2 month and that 12 month will give you stability and not feel like you're being um you know zany and on a roller coaster all the time and mm-hmm. uh, and then the 2 month is the one you revise often and the 12 month largely should be stable by the way the timelines have changed it's no different than when you were you know building a company with a 5 year or a 10 year horizon you always say right be rigid about your eventual belief or your conviction on how you want to change the world or how you want to change your customers lives but be flexible on the details now instead of a 5 year view or a 10 year plan you know now that has become you know 2 months and 1 year right at least for for the time being as we go through the peak of this crisis and you'll go back to that whole window becoming a year and 3 years or a year and 5 years and so forth yeah i think that's a good way to break it down uh, finally amit uh, you know you have had a long career you have also watched uh, entrepreneurs very closely the ones that you have worked with and now of course you are working as an investor with with many entrepreneurial teams now if if i were to look you know at your survivors uh, checklist uh, or, or noah's ark or, or whatever you call it uh, what would be the top 3 5 things uh, that have helped you uh, survive uh, learn uh, you know be stay optimistic uh, about the future 
Yeah. So like I said, entrepreneurs, for the most part, are fundamentally very optimistic. Otherwise, they wouldn't go through this rigmarole of starting up and dealing with the ups and downs. Uh, so I think that is perhaps, you know, uh, maybe nature, not nurture. But so let's, uh, it is it is what it is. I, I, I'm the kind who will look at the glasses half full. And I think most entrepreneurs are like that. Um, I would say in addition to what we've already talked about, which is that confront your most brutal reality, be optimistic about the future. A third one, which I will add is be a learning machine, right? This is to say that, you know, constantly iterate your belief system basis what you are learning from the external environment, people, customers, your fellow colleagues, your investors, whatever it is, right? So the best entrepreneurs are voracious and rapidly iterating learning machine. They're constantly mm-hmm. revising and iterating their thing. And by the way, this is true even well outside of a crisis, right? And and many of us, you know, work in the tech industry as do you. And in technology, as it is, we say, hey, look, everything changes every 10 years, right? I mean, companies like, you know, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram didn't exist 10 years ago, right? But so things change anyway very fast. So if you're not a learning machine, then that's a problem any mm-hmm. which way. So I would, I would say that the, you know, in terms of the survivorship bias, these are three traits that seem to to work very very well which is to say that uh, you know confront the realities do what you need to do secondly you know have an insanely optimistic belief about the distant future now that distant might have dropped down to a year year and a half and and lastly be a learning machine and do everything to improve the quality of your uh, decision making uh, by taking inputs and even even so even more acutely now when there's so much that is unknown and maybe some that is even unknowable. Before I let you go, and this is really the final one, Amit, because especially because a lot of founders I speak to, they uh, seem concerned about this, which is a lot of decisions uh, that are being taken or will be taken in this period, uh, you know, kind of take a toll on you as an individual. Uh, You have to do a lot of uncomfortable conversations with people around you. You have to make decisions that, of course, you know, doesn't make you uh, feel too good about yourself sometimes. How do you stay sane and how do you stay someone you admire as even as you come out of <laughs> cycles like these? The great question, Pankaj. And I think the best entrepreneurs or for that matter, even corporate leaders, right, even in enterprises and not startup type of situation, you need to have both intellectual integrity and transparency. You need to bring bring people along. I think most people will be grateful with the bitter truth and honesty and and transparency than uh, no no everything is okay it's all going to be fine don't worry and boom suddenly you know like there is thirty percent of the workforce has been laid off. So I I feel that rather than you know try to uh, conjecture or what will people feel or this or that if you're honest about the situation you're in. If you're honest about the amount of money that you have in the bank, if you're honest about the runway that the company has, if you're honest about the prospects that you see and you're constantly talking to people about it. I know some entrepreneurs are doing weekly town halls or bi-weekly town halls on, on, uh, online through Zoom or whatever. Uh, I think that is one thing that helps. And the second thing is really, you know, you know, how do you, you know, uh, imagine this at a humanitarian level? And how do you imagine this as the CEO or, or the founder of a company that you're doing? So if you're doing the right thing, eventually your responsibility as a founder and a CEO is to make sure that that company survives, often even well after yourself, right? And, and therefore, mm-hmm. it is your responsibility to do the right thing 
not necessarily the thing that's convenient because that's your duty, right? That's what you need to do. And it is not just for yourself or your investors, whatever. It's even for the employees that are there, right? There's going to be plenty that will survive through, through this. And I think the as humankind, I think we're pretty resilient, right? I mean, the ones, if people are talked to transparently and, and openly and so forth, I think most people understand, right? Because everybody knows what we're going through is not normal. Uh, hmm. So anyway, that would be my one tip, one word, right? Be transparent, have intellectual integrity and take people along. Even the ones that are negatively affected, I think will appreciate it. No, transparency, uh, like you rightly said, Amit, it does uh, make a difference. Uh, thank you for having this conversation, Amit. And I hope all of us come out of this uh, more sane uh, and more resilient. Absolutely. Thank you, Pankaj, for having me. And as a final parting word, I would say, you know, be resilient and do reimagine the future. I think it's going to be much better than where we are today. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you, Amit.